You're listening to the Resurgent ATL Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Man, what worship good. Hey, good to, uh, we had a, certainly a, uh, a great opportunity to hear from a great man. Uh, Craig Sloan is coming up here in a second, but uh, just going to give him a huge shout out. He led the prophetic team yesterday up at, uh, in Woodstock, handing out waters, encouraging words, things of that nature, and uh, just been a super uh, encouraging time for me to have Craig here and doing what he's doing, pouring into, the, uh, into us as a church, being part of the body and just uh, leading the way and just his hunger for evangelism and taking, the, uh, taking the, um, the message outside of here. So with that, please help me welcome up Mr. Craig Sloan. Praise the Lord. Today is going to be fun. Um, Jake, I will return the favor when I am, you know, on the other side and make sure I get it to you with plenty of time. You did a great job. Now I don't have to rush. <laughs> and I'm not going to be, we're not going to keep you super long, but this is going to be really good. How many of you like to have fun at church? How many like it to be interactive? Well, it's going to be that today. And uh, I've never been as excited you know, Gary and Lisa, Lisa over here have known me for a long time. I used to be their pastor. And <clears throat> I've always been excited, you know, always been an excited preacher, minister. But I've never been as excited about the word that God has given me today. And it's actually going to be an introduction into something that I'll be talking about every time that I speak for a while. And uh, it's, it's uh, super good. It's super good. It was so good that when God gave it to me, he said, son, this is really good. If, if you mess this up, I mean, it's really good. Um, let me tell you a little story, and then we'll pray, and then I'll start. And you know, Just a kind of a funny story that probably most of you don't know. I don't think any of you know. I've got a lot of friends in the room. Greg and Nancy had to go pick up somebody from the airport. Thank you guys for coming. It's good to see all of you on a summer. You know, you, didn't, you could have been at the beach. It's not a real beach, but there's a beach in Ackworth. You could have been uh, a lot of places, and you chose to be here. So let's give yourselves a hand for that. That means you're hungry. So let me tell you this story. So I grew up in uh, African-American culture uh, in the church uh, with the choirs and the hooping. And I used to preach like T.D. Jates. Not I was as good as him, but I kind of had that kind of style. And that was what I was, you know, raised in. And... uh, I used to dress pretty extravagantly, and now I'm very, uh, totally the opposite. You would have to pay me. In fact, I don't know how much you'd have to pay me, but to get me in a suit, because I, I hate suits. And, uh, but I had to wear a suit, and I had this gold suit that had speckled gold specks, is all I can describe it, with gold shoes, gold socks. It was totally gold with my head shining. Back then, I didn't have any hair. It's completely, you know, I had my head shined. It was like the glory is coming into the building. It's, it's that guy right there. So I would wear this suit, and uh, we went to a conference in Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, Yvonne Capehart, I don't know if you've heard of her, but she does stuff with, with um, Jamal Bryant. Uh, what's the lady in Tampa? Without, used to be without walls. Paula White. They, that that circle is a circle that I used to be in, and I'm just pastoring a church in Alabama, small church that we had just started, and I had a group of guys, like an interage, go with me, about five guys. We get there late. The place is packed. Now, listen, this Coliseum is massive. There are thousands of pastors. It's primarily a pastor's conference, leadership conference, and the place is packed. So when we go in... Um, they didn't have any seats, so they put chairs over on the side. It was kind of like the stage was up here, and then they had two sides. It was wide, and they put chairs right over where you almost go up the stage, right there on the wall. And that's where we sat. And Yvonne Capehart, after worship, uh, as she was ministering, she calls me out and said, uh, I, did, I think I, had the, I did have the gold suit. I had the gold suit that night. She calls me, you know, the and when she calls me out, she begins to prophesy over me, and she talks about, you know, the, not really the way we would do it here, but she prophesied about being abandoned by my spiritual father, 
um, that had gone through all this thing. And she was just talking about the process that we had gone through. And man, the, I hit the floor and I was sobbing. I mean, I'm sobbing on the floor. And um, so I'm just on the floor. I'm stuck to the floor and I'm just sobbing. I can't get up, just having an encounter. And so the next day, the next evening, the next day of the next evening, I am coming into the auditorium, a coliseum, and these guys come up to me and they go, uh, Pastor Sloan, we, we've got reserved seats for you. I said, all right. And so they take me and my guys, they take me all the way up to the front, put my guys on the second row, and they put me right here. Right next to the host pastors, Yvonne Capehart and her husband, who pastored a church in Pensacola, they were hosting this particular meetings. So I'm sitting there right next to them. And then I got all the other speakers over here. And I'm like, what in the world am I doing up here? And I don't even want to sit up here. And I'm like, why am I up here? I'm trying to figure it out. And they do worship. It's getting going. I mean, it's going good. They, t they do the transition like we just kind of did, offering and all that. And then Yvonne Capehart gets up and she says, Jamal Bryant was supposed to be our speaker today, but he had weather up in Maryland because that's where he used to be. Now he's in Atlanta. I think he took over Bishop Eddie Long's church. He's stranded, and so he was not able to make it. So I'm going to introduce our other speaker who's going to take his place. And they go, would Pastor Craig Sloan, give it up for Pastor Craig Sloan, who's coming up to take the mic. Now listen, nobody knows me from Adam. I'm not, I mean, I am somebody in him, but to everybody else, I'm nobody. And so I am, <laughs> I tell you, I was like, I can preach, but man, this is like putting me on the spot. And there were thousands of people there. So I'm walking up, Melissa. I'm praying inside, Lord, please don't let me, let me mess this up. I grabbed the mic, and all of a sudden, it was the, what we talk about, the, there's a, a spirit coming on, there's a spirit coming out, and then there's a bubbling up. And there was a bubbling up inside of me, a prophetic word for Yvonne Capehart, her team. She had a big team, about 20-something people, and her husband. So I call them up. I have them stand right over there. And I began to prophesy over them. And when I did, the glory of God fell into the building. They all fell down. Nobody touched them. I mean, it was boom. They fall down. And all of a sudden, there's a video I've seen with T.D. Jates. It's the only time I've ever seen this where he's in a meeting like that. And he declares something. And all of a sudden, if I, I think I can say this here. People start getting delivered. People, literally demons coming out of people. And people start running laps, and people start getting healed, and people that are in wheelchairs get up. I mean, the miracles just break. Well, that's what happened. It just fell into the entire building and took over the service. And so when we get done, you know, I got the, the, the gold suit from the night before. When we get done, there's a line of pastors with my up coming up to my guys, my disciples. They weren't really my disciples, but it was like that. Coming up and say, hey. Do you got his uh, ministry card? We want to have him come preach. I didn't even have a ministry card. I hate ministry cards. I hate titles. I, I, that's, that's just me. I don't like them. So I was like, oh, no, what do I do? I could have literally booked Polly for the rest of the year. And I didn't even preach. And so y'all are not laughing. It's, it's kind of comical. I think it's very funny. And then I wore the suit again. At a church in Chicago, and Tara was with me, my kids, and I'm sitting in the back, and it's pretty good large, it's a pretty large church, mostly Hispanic, powerful church. I'm in the back, I have my gold suit on. They stopped the service during praise and worship, and they pointed me, guy in the gold suit, we want you to come up here and prophesy to the praise and worship team. Nobody knew me. I'm walking up to the front, same thing. I prophesy, and when I'm prophesying by faith, the glory of God falls into the building again, and it takes over the service. And when they get done, they have me stand up front, and there was more than 100 people lined up to get a prophetic word. Why am I sharing this? Because, number one, the gold suit had something to do with the gold suit. <laughs> In fact, when I got mad at God and left the ministry, 
I left the ministry completely. I left the ministry. I got to hurry because I, I, it's not so Is this good? I left the ministry in such a way that I, t- I have cart, my wife would say, boxes and cartons of notes, like concepts. And you remember how I used to preach. I mean, I had ser- thousands of sermons. I threw them away. I threw my books away. I took the gold suit and I burned it. Now, I wish I had that gold suit now because there's some places I go I wouldn't mind, you know. So the point is, maybe it's not the gold suit. Maybe it's just God. But expect that God's going to use you in ways that you never thought. And so I want to release a a prophetic word because she has to go. It's Amanda, right, can you stand up right where you are? A few weeks ago when you, I think it was the first Sunday maybe that you, I know you have a history, I think, with Chris and Terry. I believe I've seen you at Bethel, Atlanta, when I've gone there way back. I remember, I remember faces. And I told Chris I shared this with him at that time, and it just wasn't the right time to share it that day. So I just held on to it, and the Lord reminded me. But I heard the, and I'm going to talk about this today, and I know you got to go, so I'll go ahead and give it to you. Amanda, I, I, first of all, there's an amazing anointing of a breaker that is inside of you. There's a breaker anointing that comes through your voice as you begin to sing. And the Lord says, I'm turning your, I'm turning your ashes into beauty in this season. All the ashes of disappointment are going to become the most powerful anointing of a worshiper that has, has literally can shift entire rooms, entire cities, and entire nations. And the Lord said, this was the primary word, it's not a long word. He said, I'm revisiting the promises of your past. The promises and the prophetic words that you thought after going through the season that you went through, you thought they would never happen and it was over. And God told me to tell you, it's not over, it's just beginning. And this is your season of restoration. And it's going to be such a powerful season that I see you standing in conferences like Bethel and Jesus Culture, sharing your story and the anointing that's on your life, restoring worshipers who have left the church. And I'm, I'm, I'm literally seeing, man, I feel the anointing. I'm literally seeing a couple that used to lead worship at Bethel. I, I think it's the last name might be Smith. Is there anybody named Smith? Okay, I don't know them. But I heard the name Smith, and uh, I know she has black hair. He has kind of a beach hair. And they have, uh, what God showed me is that they had left the ministry. They had laid down the mantle that God had given them, and they've abandoned the ministry because of what happened with them. And God wants me to tell you that you are going to bring people back into restoration. You're going to restore the worshipers. There's a grace on you to bring the Davids back to the temple, to bring the house of David back. And I, I, hear, I, hear, and I want you to call that couple. The Lord's not finished with them either. There's a restoration anointing. He's going to restore their heart, and he's going to take bitterness out of them, and he's going to turn it into beauty. And the Lord is going to shift their ministry. They're going to be something to do with Washington, D.C. They're going to get connected to the guy that travels and does the open worship things that comes from Bethel. There's going to be a connection with them and him that's going to... He's, see, here's the deal. We have too many people that are judging the people that have become bitter rather than restoring them as fathers and mothers. And God's going to start with you, and it's going to be an accelerated thing, and God's gonna, it's going to explode through you, and it's going to take you all over the world. So I just release that to you. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Hallelujah. Thank you for staying. We'll just bless her. Everybody stretch your hands this way. We just release that word. In fullness. Father, that this is you. That you are pleased with Amanda. Um, I like to look up names, but I'm just going to take a step, a leap of faith. There's something about your name that represents love and worthy. You are worthy and you are loved by the Father. And he is not mad at you. He loves you. He is pleased with you. And he says, I'm just starting with you. Pull the, pull the music box back out because there's a new song that's coming out of you. It's a song of deliverance. So we bless you in Jesus' name. Give God praise for that.
I've got some more I'll do at the end, so I'm going to go ahead and jump into the Word. What I'm going to do today is there may be an abrupt landing. This is not going to be, it may be a crash. So just go ahead, let's go ahead and put our seatbelts on. Just put them on. And listen, I, some of you may say, well, man, I want a word like that. You're going to get one. But it puts, the, the, the primary ministry I'm going to do today is, is going to be as a group. There's some people God's highlighted, but I see in this group, I see I'd rather shift an entire room. I love to give words to individuals, but I really love to give a, a, a word that's kind of a corporate word or section word groups that are in the room because I can sh shift more people. I can help God shift them into what God has for them. So this is going to be a great day. Revelation chapter 10, open your Bibles there. If you have a Bible, go to your phone. It's 11.30, so I got about 20, whew, I wish, uh, but it's okay. We'll just, if we just get to the little bit of the appetizer, I'll, I'll be okay with that. Revelation chapter 10, verse 5, and we're going to look at verse 5 and 6. And when you get there, just say, gold suit. <laughs> All right, you ready? This is something that I've read, Revelations. I will I tell you, it's not my favorite book. I know it's a powerful book, a lot of Revelation. He that reads it will be blessed. But I, I have not read it as much as some of the other books. So, but I've read the Bible from cover to cover many times. I've never seen this until just a few weeks ago. So I'm just going to give you something new that I saw. may not be new to you. The angel whom, and it's interesting, one of the songs we sang actually had this in the song. The angel whom I saw standing on the sea... And on the land raised up his hand to heaven, heaven, and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and earth and the things that are in it, the earth and the things that are in it, the sea and the things that are in it. And this is what he declared, that there should be delay no longer. Woo! Come on, you feel that? There shall be delay no longer. This teaches us, this verse teaches us that there are seasons. And when I read this, it leapt out to me. And the Father had me begin to declare, there shall no longer be delay. And I felt like the Lord had prepared me as an assignment today to break delay off of people that are in this room. This teaches us that there are seasons when God says, I am ending something, and I am now beginning something different. God was announcing through the angel that I'm going to stop something, and I'm going to start something totally new. One season is ending, and another season is beginning. A mighty angel raises his hand and does what we're told not to do. He swears in the name of King Jesus that there shall be delay no longer. No more delay. I want you to say that. No more delay. The King James reads time no longer. The Greek word is chronos, and it means a space of time, a succession of measurements of moments that comes to a one particular moment, a defining moment, an open window of grace. And the word no, it, it is the Greek word ouk, and it means no, not, nothing, or none. Longer is the Greek word ete, and it means still yet further. It means hereafter. So I'm going to make this simple because that just goes over my head. The angel swore in Jesus' name that from here on, no more time would be needed or allotted for what God said to be done. The time for delay is over. Now that makes this a Kairos moment, which means now time, present time, or a defining season where everything that God said is colliding into a moment of grace to become a reality. See, we're in summer now, but when fall comes, summer ends, fall begins, and that is a Kairos time. That is a new season. If you're taking notes, write these things. I'm not going to spend long on this, but this season will be marked by three things. It will be marked, number one, by acceleration. This is going to be a season of acceleration. I'll share a little bit more about that later. Number two, it's going to be a season of unusual occurrences. 
Things that have never happened will occur against ridiculous odds. Things like we are actually in the Bible when one, when one man is translated from one place, Philip is translated from one place 60-something miles to another city. God is going to do things that do not make sense that are going to catch the eye of the media and the eye of the media is going to first try to hide it but because there's kingdom people that are going to take over the media the attention of the world is going to turn to this phenomena that God is getting ready to unleash. The third thing that's going to happen is supernatural interventions. Things will come about that make no earthly sense. Let me give you an example. It would be like Gideon blowing the trumpet. Blow the trumpet, and then the angels wipe out the army. It would be like the angel that wiped out 184,000 by himself. It's time that the Bible not just be a book that's a good story, but it's time for the Bible to become a reality today. The God of miracles is now going to move in greater ways. The angel declared the space of time in which God's plan should happen is now. Jake, it is now. The Holy Spirit has been speaking to me that a new surge of God's glory. His, let me tell you a simple definition. It's my definition, and I think it's a good definition. It is God's awesomeness revealed. His manifest presence is going to increase in weight in his church. It is going to be seen through you. Isaiah 61 and 60. I'm not going to, I probably want time to go there the next time we get together that I speak. Not the next time we get together when I do speak. If I do speak. Um, uh, I believe I will. And uh, when we do get there, thank you, Chris. Um, the next time I do speak, we will go into Isaiah 60 and 61. But today I'll just hit some certain things prophetically. And, and one of the things that you'll see when you get to Isaiah 61 is it, uh, Isaiah 60 is that there's going to be streams of glory that are flowing from you. As you go to your job, as you go to your neighborhood, as you go to your school, as the glory, God's awesomeness revealed will be flowing from you. Like Peter's shadow that healed people, you will see God do the same thing. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. And what overshadows you will overshadow them. And what overshadows them will overshadow the next person. And it's going to become an invasion into cities. There's a scripture uh, we'll go to it later. I don't want to get get off track. So we'll go back to that. So I, I want to just prophesy. I've been really concerned. As I look at the church as a whole. Not our church, but over, over the nation in the world. Not really the world, but our nation in the Western culture. I, I'm, I am, uh, I, there's a weight on me that, that is to awaken the church to begin to realize this is not where the greatest glory is. The greatest glory is out there when you step out of this place and put your feet in your sphere of influence and you recognize yourself as not only a son or daughter but you are a king under a king who has an anointing and you have been equipped and empowered to change culture to change cities to change environments listen as long as the enemy can only cause us to be powerful in here we will never change the world I prophesied that the presence of King Jesus is going to become heavier and heavier in evident ways. The weight of his presence is going to increase in fuller measure than has ever been seen in history. Watch this. How many know that God cannot increase in glory? He's, his, he's all glory. But he can reveal more and more of his glory through you. The greatest weight of glory is not going to be seen in these four walls on Sunday morning, but rather through you as you step into your metron, which is your sphere of influence. I'm going to teach on, in, in the days ahead, how to increase your metron. But we don't have time today. You will not find in the scripture one time that it says his glory will decrease. Not one, but you will find scriptures that says his glory is increasing more and more and more. Isaiah says in the world it will become darker and darker. But when it says that, he says get ready. That means the glory is going to so increase through you that kings will come to the brightness of your rising. 
See, I don't know where you are right now. You may be in a low place, and you may feel like your dream. You may feel like your dream is never going to happen. But I declare to you, we are shifting from dreams that are just a dream to dreams fulfilled. It's going to change from a season I have a dream to I am living a dream. The weight of glory is going to so increase in you that the weights, the limitations, the weariness, the fatigue that Jake talked about, the feeling that is never going to happen, the spirit of foreboding, the spirit of heaviness is going to be crushed by the mantle of joy. And I want to declare to you, it's not coming. It is here now and it is happening in this room right now. We are in a season of dreams fulfilled, dreams that you forgot about, dreams that you gave up on are going to begin to manifest. Psalm says Joseph was bound in fetters and chains until the time came for the word of the Lord to be proved, to prove him true. What is that? That is a Kairos moment. You're about to step into your Kairos moment where the chronos day by day doing the same thing, sit in front of a computer for hybrid battery 911 is about to shift where you feel like I'm stuck. You feel like I'm not actually living my dream. God is about to shift it and he's about to break that weight off of you and you are going to begin to step into greater glory you're going to step into what you were created for let me tell you something the guy with the microphone is not the most powerful guy in the room we'll talk about that later you are can we go deeper can we go deeper Glory is often described in the Hebrew and Greek as the weight of something or someone. Weight is the total of who you are. It is the substance. And it says when you will increase in glory, it's actually saying you will increase in authority. You will increase in presence. You will increase in influence. You will increase in favor. It's time for you to arise and shine for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord streams from you. It also means, now some of y'all need to grab this. Y'all need to reach up and grab it. It also means your provision is going to increase. Isaiah says that the camels are going to cover the land. Camels are prophetic for wealth and resources and provision. He's given you power to get wealth. Chahil, which means armies of resources, armies of provisions. It also represents hope deferred is becoming longing fulfilled. He is breaking hope deferred off of the people in the room right now. Hope is arising that something good is about to happen to me. You're about to arise. You're arising out of the depression. You're, de you're arising out of circumstances that have held you down. You are rising to new life. You are going to shine and be radiant with the glory of the Lord. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen over you. Come on, somebody. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth. But the Lord is rising over you and his glory will be seen upon you you the children in the room like the girl right there sitting next to her father Sean the glory is going to increase upon them circumstances that have held you down are being broken right now anxiety is being broken right now disappointment the glory is all over her right now the glory is all over her the glory there's a great assignment that God has for you mighty woman of God you are not a mighty woman of God in your future you are a mighty woman of God now and I release over you the ability to dream I release over you the ability to hear the voice of the father put your hand on your ears I feel the anointing I activate in you the ability to know God in an intimate, deep way. And great exploits will come out of you. Great words that will shift nations will come out of you. Jake, your son that I kept running into in the bathroom that's here today, and I'm bad with names. He will sit with presidents. He will sit with presidents and release the wisdom and the counsel of the Lord. Isaiah 11, the Spirit, the 11 different characteristics of the Holy Spirit will come out 
out through him and he will give them instructions on how to turn their nation back to God and turn them back to prosperity. There will be creative solutions that will wipe out famine in particular nations that will bring water to particular nations. Listen, this this right here is just a game. This is not what it's all about. This is the equipping center. This is the empowering center. The ecclesia does not become the ecclesia until we get up out of these chairs and get up out of this room and begin to go where God's told us to go with power and authority. Come on, give God praise. (laughs) The feeling that it's never going to happen is going to be broken off of you. That's caused you to quit on your dream. It's time for a glory surge. It's time to leave bondage and enter inheritance promise. It's time to step into a season of greater glory and receive promise after promise. And I'm going to hurry because I want to get to something and and we're almost done. You're now entering a season when the presence of God is going to surge among you. His glory will not only fill our sanctuaries, but it will fill the school campuses. It will fill your home. It will fill your neighborhood. It will fill the workplace. It will fill government buildings. It will fill sports arenas. I'm not talking about in the world. I'm talking about in this nation and in this city. The weight of his presence is going to overwhelm hope deferred with wave after wave of glorious presence. And he says, I'm going to change things. I'm going to change you from glory to glory as the Holy Spirit fills you with the outpourings of his power and refreshings and giftings and anointings that will enable and release you to be who you really are. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. No more delay. Come on, somebody say, no more delay. I told you it was good. I declare no more delays. I bind delay in Jesus' name. No more delays to the promises of God. No more delays by the kingdom of darkness. No more delays by hindering spirits. We are stepping into a new time. We are stepping into a new season. I declare God is releasing the building for this house. He is releasing the building for this house. And then he's going to release another building and a campus to this house. And then there's going to be multiple campuses. This is just the beginning. Let me show you one more thing. uh, Can I show you one more thing? Do I have permission to show you one more thing? All right. The greatest days in church history are not in our past. They are in our near future. The best days for the church are not in the history books, but they are in the present and the future. Acts chapter 2 verse 2 says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared to them divided tongues as a fire that came and sat upon them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. Now I want to I show you one more thing before we go. It's important to understand the context of the day of Pentecost because this was the coronation day for King Jesus. It was 50 days after Passover, and it was the day that Jesus sat down on the throne of his father, David, as it's described in Acts chapter 2, verse 30. And Jesus, we know, is in the royal lineage of King David, but of course he did not sit down on the natural throne of David on the earth. He sat down on the throne at the right hand of the Father, as we see in Acts 2, 34. And on this first New Testament Pentecost, when Jesus sat down on that throne at that moment, moment the Holy Spirit was dispatched to the earth and Father God took a ram's horn filled with anointing oil that would would have been as much as a half of a gallon and he poured it over the head of Jesus officially installing him as the king of kings and the lord of lords and that oil began to drip down from the head Psalms 133 and behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity for it is like the precious oil upon the head running down upon the beard the beard of Aaron running down to the somebody say the edge of his garments watch this the oil that the father put on the head of Jesus 
also ran down off of his head unto his beard and flowed down with Holy Spirit and began to pour upon his body the church. So now you have the same anointing that is on the head, who is Jesus, is now on the body. It's not a different anointing. It's the same anointing. That's why Jesus said, greater works will you do because they go to the Father. The king's anointing to reign is now upon the body. The king's anointing to rule as his ecclesia seated in the upper room. They had, this had never happened before. This became a game changer that would start a movement that would turn the world upside down. Can I give you a prophetic word? I'm going fast. It's a, is this all right? Y'all, y'all tracking with me? Hold your hands out as I'm doing this. I just prophesy. The Holy Spirit says a fresh Pentecost will now be poured upon you. The anointing of King Jesus seated at Father's right hand is now flowing in fresh ways off of his head to you, his body. And it will drip from his chin. And it will drip down to the outermost parts of his garment. The same anointing on the head will now be upon the body to do the same works he has done. And I want to declare to you this is where I really wanted to go. You are now stepping into a season of Acts chapter 7 where the seated king becomes the standing king. And as Stephen proclaimed throughout his persecution, I see heaven open. I see the glory of God everywhere. I see the king standing in greater glory. I'm here to announce to you today that we are moving into the season of the standing king. It is a season where the king is going to make a stand. Come on, somebody. Let me close with this. As Psalms 133 described, as Jesus sat down, the Father poured out the horn, the oil in the horn that was filled with the anointing oil on the head. How many know this wasn't a dab or smudge? It was a whole lot of oil poured over his head. Come on, Stephen. The oil then ran down his head, off of his beard, ran down over his entire body until the, watch this, the heaviest consecration of oil was in his lap. I got to slow down for just a minute. Make sure you get this. The lap represents reproduction. In other words, it was an anointing on his lap to multiply and produce a new generation. So there is all this oil in his lap. Think about it. Come on. That's what happened in Acts chapter 2. Man, I feel the presence of God. I still got some of that black, that black culture in me. I'm sorry. Jake got excited. I can get excited too. Right, Jake? So when Stephen says he sees King Jesus standing up, watch this. What's going to happen when he stands up? The oil that has been accumulating in his lap is now going to flow down upon the feet, which is his body on the move. That's why hours after hours, in reality, after the high priest was anointed, tradition tells us that his sandals squished, if he had sandals, whatever he wore. They squished. The anointing was all over him. It didn't drip. It splashed over his legs and feet prophesying an anointing to run with a new ministry and to do it differently. It splashed upon the rest of his body and it drenched his feet and his legs and his, his bottom. Now let me paint this picture. I'm, I'm done. In Acts chapter 2, the anointing of the king was poured out. It ran down. I want you to stand your feet, but please nobody leave. I may have time to give a couple of prophetic words. I wish I'd given myself more time. But I do want to honor your time. And uh, also the part and all of that. But how many feel like, listen, this is a coronation. The next time we meet, that I speak, we're going to talk about Isaiah 60, 61. Isaiah 60 is the assignment. It's the mission. Isaiah 61 is the commissioning of that assignment. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Somebody say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For He has anointed me. Come on, say it with me. He has anointed me to set at liberty those who are bound. To open the prison doors. Come on, Jake. We are not called to be the heroes that shine up or sitting in the light over here. Look at us. No, we are here to help you catch up with who you really are.
so that the oil that's on you gets out of this building that's when we're going to overflow this building this building can't hold what God wants to do at Vesotin the next building can't hold it the problem is not different things that have taken place it's the fact you and I in this room have not really realized who we are and what we are supposed to step into and we think the epitome of ministry is to be up here I gotta be the guy with the drums he's a good drummer too I gotta be like Stephen I gotta be up here if I don't get to preach I'm not really no 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 see this is just the back and the base of the foundation that's underneath the ecclesia saying here we're pushing you higher you're gonna go higher than us You're going to do things we've never done. You're going to step into places we've never stepped into. You're going to do greater than we. Jesus said, you're going to do greater, Jake. But now you're going to turn around, turn around, and you're going to tell them you're going to do greater. And then you're going to turn around, you're going to do greater. And then you're going to turn around. That's what the greater glory is. Woo! The greatest move of God is going to happen in the season of the standing king. The only reason you stand is because you're ready to make a move. This is a season when the king is going to stand. He's going to move through the anointed ecclesia, which is you and I. And in Acts 7, Jesus stands to welcome Stephen into his presence. Stephen has been stoned to death for his passionate witness for Christ. Jesus stands to welcome him into heaven, into his manifest presence. But watch this. He was also standing to welcome us into heavier and heavier glory. His manifest presence. That means, watch this, before He takes us to heaven, He is going to anoint us to run the race that is before us. Not crawling, not walking, not having to be dragged along. But getting up and running, we are anointed to run the anchor lap. The last lap of the relays is called the anchor lap. It is the most important lap. It is the great cloud of witnesses in Hebrews 12 saying, we've done our part, now it's your turn. So in conclusion, if we're moving into the season of the standing king, and the oil has been accumulating in the lap, is now flowing down to the feet. For, watch this. For generations, the oil has been accumulating in the lap of King Jesus. You got that? Outpouring after outpouring. After outpouring, Jake. Watch this. Now the, all of those anointings that have never left the earth, because he does not waste it, are now going to converge and intermingle together into the standing king anointing and the oil that dripped down from Pentecost and the oil from that dripped down on Azusa Street and the oil from Cane Ridge and the oil from the healing movement with Oral Roberts and T.L. Osborne and the oil from the Moravian revival and the oil from the Methodist revival with John Wesley and Whitfield and the oil from the Welsh revival with Evan Roberts and the oil from the Luther's Reformation and the oil from the charismatic revival that touched millions and the oil come on somebody just go ahead and give God some praise and the oil from Charles Charles, Charles Spurgeon and the oil from the Toronto Blessing and the oil from Brownsville and the oil from the Asbury College are you getting this all of that oil plus much more that he poured into his lap is now converging into a Cairo's tipping point and God is releasing history makers in the room he does not waste his anointing come on lift your hands to him right now I release an impartation in the room that as the king stands like a water park standing under the bucket that's been filling up and now is about to tip over you are being immersed in the synergy of all the outpourings and the anointings combined he has saved this for this season of the standing king and for generations the oil has been accumulating but now you are about to be soaked in 
the anointing to prevail, I declare over you. An anointing to overcome. An anointing to minister in a spirit of influence like He did. An anointing for a flesh flow of ministry to represent Him as He prophesied. An anointing of all the moves in history. And an anointing to produce Jake and multiply and produce a new generation that looks just like Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands. Say, God, I want more, more glory. Oh, we repent, God, for the glory that we have not given away. Father, right now, Holy Spirit, I ask you, come on, lift your hands up and close your eyes. I ask you, Father, can you move this? Somebody move. We're, we're finished. But I want to, I, I, there's an impartation, just a couple more minutes. Christine, Christina, when you were sharing the testimony, I heard the Lord say it's the gathering of the Justice League. It's the gathering of the Justice League. And I want to submit to you that you are not a small thing amongst big things. I want to submit to you that you are not a little person amongst big people. But the reason God on this trip put you with them is to tell you that this is a season that you are in being enlarged. And I see you running with horses. And I see you soaring with eagles. God is going to put you around bigger than you so that what's in you becomes as big as what's in them. It's not that it's not already big. It's the fact you didn't realize it. And the Lord says, I'm going to release you with teams. And when this thing takes place, you're going to go to the nations. There's a, there's a nation's anointing upon you. And you're going to go with teams. And I believe the day of little people going with big people is over. I think it's going to be a day of all big people. It's not going to be the day of the superstar. And it's not going to be, you know what? One thing you said was cute. I, I, I've met Bill. I've spent time with Bill. Bill Johnson is one of the most humblest men, not just in a church, not in a, in, a, in a conference, private. He's that's who he is. He's the real day. Che is a humble man. One of the hosts. You know why they have such favor and influence? Because God will only trust His favor and His anointing and His influence with people that walk in humility. You know why? The, let me. Can I read you one more thing? And then we are done. I put this on Facebook. 1202, I gotta hurry. I put this on Facebook. The reason the early church had greater results is they understood that they were a church without walls. Therefore, since they lived in it 24-7, listen to me, they did not have time to compare or compete. They did not have time to worry about my seat, my parking space, the music is too loud. Why? Because a true Christ follower realizes I'm anointed. Somebody say, I'm anointed. I'm called. Say, I'm called. I am equipped. Somebody say, I'm equipped. I have gifts and abilities. Come on, say, I've got gifts and abilities that the King has entrusted me with to expand His kingdom. Watch this. Say this. I am a king representing a king. This is, listen, this is not his kingdom. This is the ecclesia that's called to establish his kingdom. It can't become his kingdom until we get outside the four walls. No king has a small kingdom. Come on. And wherever our feet steps, the result is going to be a growing, prospering church without walls and limits and miracle signs and wonders. The supernatural provision becomes natural and bickering, competing comparisons, low self-esteem. It's going to become unnatural and it's time to flip the switch and recognize we we are called to do the kingdom thing. One last statement. Religion says the world is going to hell in a handbasket. 
The media says everything could fall apart at any moment. The enemy says there's nothing you can do about it. But watch this. But the kingdom says it's Christ in you that is the hope of glory. Amen. So one more time, throw your hands up. I have more words. I'll give them next time. I just bless you today to step into your metron. Your metron is your job. Your metron is your neighborhood. It's your family. It's the people that you hang out with. And I want to challenge you. Get a, stop just hanging around with light. Stop salting the salt and lighting the light. Find, build some relationships with people that are not that you don't think are saved that may actually be saved already in God's eyes. Be an influencer. Realize what's in you is greater than what's out there. I was going to talk about the leaven. That's where we're going to go next. The leaven takes over the whole. But the leaven can't do that if it's, if it's hanging out with leaven. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're just leaven. You need to put the leaven in something out there so that the leaven can increase. Amen? So you're a king. You're royalty. So this week I commission, I release you to signs, wonders, and miracles. I release you to encounters with Jesus that you're going to give away. I release you to prophetic words, words of knowledge. Some of you are going to have dreams you've never dreamed. Some of you are going to prophesy you've never prophesied. Some of you are going to heal the sick. When somebody asks you, what is your job? I love what Bill Johnson says. What is your job? What do you do? It's like the question, how big is your church? I hate that. How big is your church? How many people you have? Who cares? Big churches don't mean they're powerful. When they ask you that, this is what you tell them. My job is to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cast out devils, and to heal the, and, and to expand the kingdom. That's my job. That's your job. We're, we got the same job. Amen? So I love you guys. Anything else? We love you. Have a great week. Go to the park. Have some fun. Did anybody get anything today? Can, will you do me a favor? Will you take this out? Will you take it out? touch your neighbor say you're going to take it out you're going to take it touch them come on touch the person i release you to take it out love you guys have a great day god bless if you need if you if you need prayer, the prayer team will be at the front. If you need prayer, come on up. And I think you got what you needed. But if you need prayer, come on up. We'll pray for you. For more resources and information about Resurgent ATL, please visit our website, 